Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of For Light and Life. I'm your host, Lucy, and today we are talking about my top 10 favorite Star Wars quotes. Many, many words have been imparted upon us from this franchise, some more wise than others, and some more cringy than others. My list will be a mix of quotes that have a lot of wisdom that's applicable to the entire series and even real life, and some quotes that just showcase some really great characters and their growth. It's going to be a great time, and I hope you enjoy. But before we get into that, here are a couple of announcements. Last episode, I published a poll on Spotify asking how long you want Addie and I to wait after releasing our VCU novel to publish the bonus content. Now, this is quite interesting. Four people want us to release bonus content right after the novel is released, and one person wants us to wait a couple episodes. So we're in a predicament here. If more than one person had voted to wait, I would try to compromise and maybe wait one or two weeks. But because we had 60% more votes for one than the other, I think we'll just plan on releasing those extras immediately, unless for some reason we can't. And check out this week's Spotify Q&A to let me know what some of your favorite Star Wars quotes are. Quick little plug for EmpireCon here. Most of you are Empire Radio listeners, or hosts, and therefore probably already know this, but in case you don't. Jeremiah has extended the deadline for Empire Con tickets without the cool shirt to the end of July, so you have about a week from now to buy your last-minute tickets. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hear it's a pretty small group right now, so feel free to join the party in Minnesota. They're going to be debuting the VCU movie there in a rented theater, which is pretty awesome, and I can't wait to see it. But if you can't join us there, don't worry. The video will also be published to YouTube the week after, so you can watch it in time for the VCU novel Addie and I wrote. Anyway, there is a link for EmpireCon tickets in the description of this episode. This is the official spoiler warning for the episode. There should not be a ton because we're not really discussing the plot, but sometimes I will mention some things for context. So there will be very minor spoilers for Rebels, but mostly just minor spoilers for Clone Wars Seasons 5 and 7. So, move forward at your own risk. Now, I will disclaim that the classic Star Wars quotes such as May the Force be with you, That's No Moon, and Hello There did not make it onto my list. I primarily chose quotes that had really significant meanings to me or that showcased significant moments. To me, something being classic or iconic is not necessarily a reason for it to be one of my favorites. I focus a lot more on the substance and depth of a quote. And I did include here some Clone Wars fortune cookies, which are those small sayings that appear at the beginning of each episode, even though they are technically not spoken. Now, some of these quotes feature some very emotional or well-delivered lines, so to get the full experience, I am actually going to play clips of some of these quotes being said in Star Wars, This is legal because of the fair use copyright law, which allows me to play short clips of copyrighted things on my non-monetized podcast for the purpose of criticism, comment, parody, research, etc. Which is what I'm doing. I'm starting to get the hang of this legal business. And now I have a special announcement. As you know, we have our special intro-outro music. We've got Dravel transition music. We even got voicemail transition music. And starting today, we have post-announcements transition music to bring us into our main discussion. Lucy and editing, hit it. 
isn't that nice. It's got our signature for Light and Life drumline and the Book of Boba Fett theme on piano. But with everything now out of the way, let's begin in 10th place. Now, this is a Yoda quote, and I'm trying not to permanently damage my vocal cords, so I'm just going to say it without doing the impersonation. You want to know the difference between a master and a beginner? The master has failed more times than the beginner has ever tried. Very wise, Master Yoda is. A lot of people who are either students or young people or just new to a certain field often forget that the pros have gone through very similar challenges as they are going through right now. Teachers have had to sit through many a boring class. Published authors have written two-page stories in crayon with no plot and no sense of grammar. Famous actors have had so many rejections before they booked that big project. No one is born with experience. And it's easy to look at professionals and think, they never could have been where I am now. They've always been good at this or that. I don't know how they do it. But chances are they have been where you are now. And in that same line of thinking, you can get to the level that they are at now, even if it feels like a really long ways away. Masters in a particular area aren't naturally better than beginners. They didn't start off more talented. They've just failed enough times to learn and get better. And you can too. Number nine, we have a quote from Sabine, Rebels Season 3, Episode 15, Trials the Darksaber. I helped enslave my people! I wanted to stop it. I had to stop it. I spoke out. I spoke out to save them. To save everyone! But when I did... My family didn't stand with me. They chose the Empire. They left me. This line was delivered with so much raw emotion by the incredible Tia Sirkar. We have talked about this quote and this scene multiple times on this podcast, usually with Retta, and we're going to keep talking about it because it's just so good. Sabine's this snarky, cool character who is pretty emotionally reserved, Definitely not reserved in any other sense, though. So in this quote, for her to just be releasing all these pent-up emotions that she's forced herself to hide for so long, it's really impactful. We get this deep backstory, and at the same time, we are moving forward because she has finally accepted the past and let it out. The reason this quote is not further up on my list is just because I don't really find wisdom within the actual words themselves. Number eight, this one is said by Ahsoka from Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 12, Victory and Death. You're a good soldier, Rex. So is every one of those men down there. They may be willing to die, but I am not the one who is going to kill them. Oh, it's beautiful. This is a classic example of Ahsoka's empathy and wisdom. Not only does she understand all the clones who are following Order 66, and she knows they don't mean it, and she won't kill them, but she's also exhibiting empathy towards Rex by telling him this. She sees that he is conflicted because, from his perspective, saving Ahsoka and himself means sacrificing all of his brothers. He just doesn't see any other way out. 
But Ahsoka's hope and selflessness brings her to find another way out where she and Rex don't have that blood on their hands. Also, it just makes me so happy to see and hear this quote delivered. Ashley Eckstein is brilliant, and the visuals of seeing Rex crying and looking away is just heart-wrenching. Again, it's this far down the list purely because the words themselves don't have as much wisdom or meaning to me. In seventh place, we have a line from Obi-Wan from Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 2, A Distant Echo. I hope you at least told Padme I said hello. So, first of all, this is just a really funny quote. For context, Anakin has just been secretly calling Padme while Rex distracts Obi-Wan by claiming that Anakin is fixing up Rex's helmet. And when Anakin comes out again and just walks straight past Obi-Wan, the dude reveals he knows Anakin was talking to Padme, and by extension, he probably has been aware of the relationship for a while. But also, this quote is really impactful for fans' view of the prequel era, because now we know Obi-Wan's put himself in the loop and hasn't done anything about it. So, does he just know that talking to Anakin about his relationship with Padme won't do anything because of how stubborn the kid is? My personal theory is that because at this point in the timeline, Qui-Gon's dead. Shmi's dead. Anakin's probably been super traumatized by the war. A couple months ago, Ahsoka left. And he's also really started to question the Jedi and the ethics of the war and the Chosen One prophecy. Obi-Wan has to see how much Anakin is struggling because of all these factors, and I think he never talks to Anakin about Padme or chastises him or anything, because he wants Anakin to have this one escape from all of that by talking to Padme. She's really the only person left who can get through to him and talk some sense into him, so at least he might be getting wiser in her presence. But that's just my theory. Number six. This is one of the fortune cookies I mentioned earlier from Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 1, The Bad Batch. Embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole. Now, you might not consider this to be a quote, but I do. And I really like its significance in how it can be applied to real life. Accepting and loving others, not in spite of, but for their differences, is just such a valuable ability to develop throughout your life. It makes you a more mature person. It gives others more joyful lives. And it just makes the world a safer place. I mean, so many human conflicts have started purely because people could not accept and love others for who they are and how they are different from each other. Something we as a society are very slowly coming to terms with over thousands of years, is that being the same as everyone else is not something to strive for. A society of people who have the same personality and look the same and think the same is not a functioning society. Sure, they would mostly get along, but they would never grow. They would just be stagnant and repeating their history, and there would be no options for any individual. There would be only one path forward, which would be the same as every other path that had ever been taken, there would be no fresh eyes to solve a problem, so no problems would ever be solved. Everyone has the same character flaws, so none of them could ever learn to grow and quote-unquote fix those flaws. So if we just embrace our differences and love our differences, we're all going to live so much more whole lives. This is something I'm very passionate about, but I need to stop talking about it now, so... Yep, good wisdom there, Clone Wars. Number five has some 
back and forth dialogue between Ahsoka and Anakin from Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 9, Old Friends Not Forgotten. Master Kenobi always said there's no such thing as luck. Good thing I taught you otherwise. Even though this is technically two things said in quotation marks, I'm counting it as one quote because you can't think of one without thinking of the other. Just like Anakin and Ahsoka. This is so sweet. This is the last thing Anakin ever says to Ahsoka before he becomes Darth Vader. It's the last interaction they will ever have. And it's so painful for us in the audience to watch, knowing that this is the last time they ever meet, but knowing that they don't know that. And this quote is also one of the few moments after Ahsoka briefly comes back, where they're acting like their old selves, and it doesn't feel like there's this huge rift between them anymore. They recognize this bond they once shared, and it's just the fluffiest, sweetest, most heartbreaking interaction ever. In fourth place, I need you to hear me out, okay? Because this is said by Rose in The Last Jedi. Just hold up. That's how we're gonna win. Not fighting what we hate. Saving what we love. Now, say what you want about The Last Jedi. Say what you want about the way Rose's character was built. Say what you want about the scene this quote was said in. But I am taking this quote completely out of context and using only the words. I really like the message of this quote, and I think it can definitely apply to real life. As you know, on this podcast, we focus on light and life and these wise and hopeful parts of life. And this quote fits into that theme, and it's also reminiscent of the light side and dark side of the Force. At the most pure and most true point of the Jedi, they should be fighting to save the hope and life and love in the galaxy. That's what should set them apart from the Sith and just villains in general. And it's what sets apart heroes and villains in all franchises. The more a group can focus on this wholesome and light motivation, the more drive they'll have while fighting and the more whole they'll be. In Harry Potter, Voldemort's greatest weakness is that he can never understand or feel love, and that's why Lily Potter's love for her son defeats him. In Percy Jackson, when Camp Half-Blood is under attack, the campers fight from the perspective of saving their homes and their families, which makes them more powerful. In Star Wars, Luke's love and hope for his father ultimately pulls Darth Vader back to the light and breaks Palpatine's decades-old grip on him. It's the classic theme that prevails across so many different storylines. And I think this quote summarizes it all. Before we discuss my top three quotes, let's take a quick pause for some honorable mentions. I'm not going to explain each one for time's sake, but these are just some quotes that are great but did not make it onto the ranking. Clone Wars Season 1, Episode 17, Blue Shadow Virus Fortune Cookie. Fear is a disease, hope is its only cure. Clone Wars Season 2, Episode 22, Lethal Trackdown. Revenge is a Confession of Pain. Clone Wars Season 5, Episode 5, Tipping Points. Disobedience is a Demand for Change. From Ahsoka, Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 9, Old Friends Not Forgotten. Hello, Master, it's been a while. Finally, Cody, Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 1, The Bad Batch. Sometimes in war, it's hard to be the one that survives. Now, I would like to acknowledge that there are quite a few Clone Wars quotes in the 15 quotes presented to you today, because that's what I've gotten the most exposure to, that's what I've grown up with and really been immersed into. If you ask Addie what her favorite quotes are, 
you can bet she'll have a lot of Bad Batch quotes because that's her favorite show, and so that's what she's seen the most often. If you ask Retta what her favorite quotes are, I'm sure she'll have plenty of Rebels quotes because, again, she spent a lot of time in that series and is very familiar with it. So, in short, this selection of quotes represents the shows that I am most familiar with and therefore remember the most quotes from. Let's continue with third place. This is back and forth between Ahsoka and Maul from Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 10, The Phantom Apprentice. You're lucky Anakin didn't show up. The way you're fighting, you wouldn't have lost him all. No, Kenobi's arrogance. You'll find I have many qualities for you to dislike. This is one of Ahsoka's wittiest and most awesome quotes ever, and it just makes me want to stand up and cheer for her. This is a level of comeback most of us, myself included, can only dream of achieving. Ahsoka is the queen of mid-duel taunts, Dave Filoni is the greatest writer ever, and Ashley Eckstein is the master of snark delivery. It's just all combines into the definition of chef's kiss. Plus, she's referencing Anakin like the season 5 finale never even happens. And he and Obi-Wan would be so proud of her, both for the battle and for the quotes. It summarizes the beauty of the Clone Wars finale, and I have no more words to describe it, so we're going to move on to second place. This is a quote from Tech, Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 16, Camino Lost. Understanding you does not mean that I agree with you. Oh, Tech, you are very wise. This is the peak of empathy and what it means right here. It's common to not want to empathize with someone because you don't like them or what they stand for, and you just don't agree with them. But you can have empathy for someone and understand where they're coming from without believing the same things they believe. That's a big problem in current U.S. politics. Neither side is willing to view the other as human because they aren't as wise as tech here. Most people don't realize that they can find common humanity and emotions and motivations with someone without having to fully agree with them. I think some people are afraid of what they will find if they try to find common ground with the other side of the story, because they know deep down that we are all people and have very similar core emotions. We are afraid of losing. We all want our children to have the best possible life, regardless of what each individual views that as. We all want to do the moral and right thing, even if we have different ideas of what that is. And when people realize this, they don't have this us-versus-them mentality to fall back on, and they feel lost and scared, and sometimes it's easier to have this clear black-and-white rule. But the thing is, life isn't black-and-white, and I think it's time to let ourselves grow and embrace both our similarities and differences without making anyone seem less than human. I would highly recommend you check out my two previous episodes about empathy to learn more about this very important skill, and in summary, tech is dropping so much wisdom, and we don't even realize it. Now, in first place, we have a quote from Skeen and or Season 1, Episode 5. The axe forgets, but the tree remembers. I talked about this quote extensively in my episode about Andor, and I love how it manages to capture such a complex, common, and deep idea into just seven simple words. If you missed that episode, in which case you should go listen to it, 
This quote is a metaphor for how victims of a situation will carry that memory with them for a long time, potentially forever, and they are so heavily impacted by it that there is no way to truly forget. But the victimizers in that situation often don't carry that same weight and are not impacted enough to always remember it. Of course, sometimes they feel guilt about it, and that guilt may keep the memory, but certainly not always, especially if they face no punishment for it. Not only is this quote very true, but it's also in a metaphor, and I love metaphors, comes in the writer's startup pack. I think it's also important to use this quote to reflect on all these Star Wars characters it rings true for. Obi-Wan is not losing any sleep about cutting off Maul's legs, but Maul sure remembers and seeks vengeance for it his entire life. Mace Windu clearly is not that affected by leading the council to hand a 16-year-old over to the Senate for a crime she never committed, but Ahsoka sure is, and it breaks her trust in the Jedi. Palpatine does not care about all the systems he's enslaving and crushing with the Empire, but they do, and they then build a rebellion that ultimately destroys him. There are so many instances in Star Wars where the entire story is driven by the victim's memory, and that's why this quote is just so applicable and thought-provoking. This was a very fun episode to put together. I hope you enjoyed hearing my thoughts about all these great quotes, even if you don't completely agree with me. Remember, you can tell me about your favorite quotes in the Spotify Q&A. I would love to see them. Now, for the first time in a couple weeks, we got a voicemail. So, let's transition over. Let's hear our one voicemail from Retta. Hey, Lucy, it's Retta. I just finished listening to your episode on empathy, um, and it really made me think of the book Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. Um, slight spoilers for the book. Um, it has some adult content in it, so I don't really recommend it for people under, like, 17, maybe under 13. It's right between, like, PG-13 and R, but I digress. Uh, that book really has some insight on what it would be like to be an Imperial during the time that the Death Star was destroyed, and we even see characters who had people that they knew and loved who were on the Death Star, and we see them mourning that loss um, and just trying to come to terms with that, because according to that book, there were literally millions of people on board the Death Star when it was exploded, so... Um, yeah, definitely recommend that book. It's very, very good. Thanks. Thank you so much for the voicemail, Retta. It's so good to hear from you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Lost Stars does have such a good example of providing both sides the same story and therefore helping the reader and characters empathize with the less seen perspective. And yeah, it's definitely a young adult book, but aside from those few bits, it's a really interesting story. Thanks again for the voicemail, Retta, and now it's time to transition to our Drabble. If you are unfamiliar with this term, a Drabble is a short story exactly 100 words long, and I read one I wrote every episode. As you may remember from last week, we are in the middle of a three-part Drabble series, featuring Lucy and Dakai from the VCU, we left the story last episode after Lucy and Dakai overhear a conversation about something in their family's vaults and a trade tomorrow. Let's continue this tale with This Is Goodbye, Part 2. 
The vault sensor accepted her mother's crest and unlatched the heavy doors. All Lucy had to do was slink inside to the piles of metal crates lining the walls and pull the lid off the nearest one. What awaited her were rows of shining black orbs, a small rectangular remote, and a datapad with the message, Rendezvous with the First Order at 1,200 hours. Compensation will be given. Lucy's stomach curled at the words. She knew all about the First Order, but not that her family was in business with them. To her, there was only one logical path forward. Now, as I'm sure you can tell, 12-year-old Lucy's idea of logic may be different than some people's, dare I say most people's. So, what is she gonna do? Well, I know, but you'll have to find out next week. What we all do know is that there are a bunch of crates filled with explosives sitting in Lucy's family's vault to be given to the First Order. Trust me, this travel series will not only help you understand the backstory of some of our main protagonists for the VCU and our VCU novel, but it is also helping me understand it so I can write the books better. If you have any thoughts for this episode, you want to contact me, or you just have a minute to help the show grow, here are some ways you can do so. You can send me an email through my fan email, which is forlightandlife.podcast at gmail.com. This is great if you have something you want to tell me, but for whatever reason, you can't send in a voicemail. That being said, you can absolutely send me a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. There's a link in the description for that. As long as it is family-friendly and you have not specifically asked me not to, then I will play it on the show. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you listen. This helps when people come over and find the podcast. Go ahead and follow the show if you like these sort of episodes. It comes out every Sunday. Finally, please share the show with your community so our community can grow. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'm Lucy, and let's look for the light and life in our world together.